Welcome back to TCK Care, the podcast with your host, Stephen Black, as we share stories and strategies for supporting TCKs in all walks of life. And today we have an amazing interview lined up with Michael Pollock, the Executive Director for Interaction International, which hosts a transition seminar in Colorado every year. Paul Dyke, National Team Leader for More Network Up in Canada, who's involved in doing transition seminars for TCKs in Alberta and Ontario, the uh, Reboot Transition Seminars, and Donna Messenger, the director of Barnabas's Transition Seminar, which happens in Cedarville, Ohio, every year. So, ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves because we are about to take on a subject that I've wanted to talk about for some time now, which is what is a transition seminar? So we're gonna we're gonna get into it, uh, starting off with the question: just what is a transition seminar? And Michael's going to take it away. Yeah, Stephen, thanks for asking. Actually, um, we've had to deal with the name because uh, there there are transition seminars where folks are moving. Uh, what they call it returning citizens coming back from, from prison into society. Um, and then recently, um, with some of the, uh, the gender issues and, and transitioning genders, we've been asked if that's what our our, our seminars are for. <laughs> Um, and so re-entry, transition, uh, the, probably the best description is that they're, uh, they're a cross-cultural transition. And they're often for kids who have a passport from the country where you're running the program, but they don't know a whole lot about that country, even when they, they think they do, um, because they haven't spent a lot of time there. So, so the, the seminar exists. Uh, I believe to to help them process where they've been mm-hmm. and to orient themselves in the in the now. Where am I? Who am I? Um, what am I doing here? And then help them give them some tools for successfully moving out uh, into the culture and the the next steps that they're taking. Yeah, I like that you're talking about uh, processing where you've been and orienting where you are at now. And um, going back to something you mentioned. Um, you said uh, kids oftentimes when they've uh, spent a significant portion of time in another culture, they're just not um, they're just not aware of what uh, their uh, I don't know what you want to call it uh, current culture, host culture, parent culture, location culture is going to entail. And I've heard kids at transition seminars say something to the effect of, "I don't know why I'm here. My parents just sent me, but I know a lot about, for example, American culture or Canadian culture because. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, right. and I've got all these American, North American WhatsApp friends. Um, I know this culture. I am like savvy. Oh yeah, I should ask uh, Paul. What? What? Do, I see you smiling there at me. What? What are you thinking about that? I think we all believe that we are uh, prepared for the transition and that we're going to do this well. In reality, every one of us that are going through a transition, even moving across the country or moving into another city, uh, we need help in transition. And uh, uh, soon after our missionary kids arrive at our reboot in Canada, they say, man, I, I thought I could do this easily, but I realize that there's so much I need to learn. And, uh, of course, they learn a lot from each other, as well as uh, from our uh, leaders and instructors. 
And uh, so it's hugely needed. And it's hugely needed not only for missionary kids of all ages, but it's needed for their parents as well. How so? Cross-cultural workers uh, repatriating to their passport country uh, may believe that they're coming home. And uh, in the truest sense of the world, of course, it is because that's where they mobilized from. But it's not home anymore. And yeah. so much has changed even in nine months or a year, let alone two years, five years, 20 years, 40 years. Mm. Well, I just think I think that's true what um, Paul just said about the fact that a lot of young people don't think they have a need for this. They think they'll be fine. We were, like, we were just on furlough or, um, you know, all of that. And even just the fact that they're, they carry, um, you know, a U.S. passport or Canada or wherever they're from, they carry that passport. They assume I know everything about it. And I think part of it, at least I think all three of us work pretty much with that 18-year-old, you know, that's coming back to go to college. So the, a huge part of the transition is learning how to step into adulthood and live apart from your family. And part of it's the cultural part, but, you know, as far as the culture you think you understand and need to learn, part of it is also learning how to adult and learning how to think on your own and not depend. Missionary families, I think in particular, the nuclear family itself is quite tight. Um, they've been together, they've traveled together, they've done transitions their whole lives, but they've done it together as a family. And now all of a sudden you're facing this alone and you have to figure out how do I do this? How do I enter community when the community I've known my whole life is the one that's been in the minivan with us running all over the, you know, the U.S. when you're on furlough or wherever. So I think that's a huge part of the transition is learning what does it take to do this on my own mm. and to know that you're not alone. That's the piece that. I feel is really important to share with them mm. and help them to understand you're not alone. Now, here's how let's help you figure out how this path is going to look from here on out. I love that, Donna. I'm going to use that as like a subtitle for this episode on your own, but not alone. It's just poetic. Yeah. Uh, spot on. <laughs> um, Stephen, yeah. there's, uh, there's another, there's another piece and it's the complementary half to what a lot of us say to, to these TCKs that, you're not alone and you're not crazy. And I think that, um, that even understanding the, uh, the transition process and what's, what's normal, um, you know, to go through, it's, it's very stretching, um, socially, emotionally, culturally, and sometimes the impacts of, of transition in the person or in their family dynamic, uh, can be quite, um, disconcerting. And so it's also helpful to know, the, the the normal parameters of transition stress and the process and to identify where am I in that process how am I working through this and that um, I'm not nuts it's this is normal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stephen there is one other uh, aspect I'd like to love I'd love to add as well and that is that um, entering into a transition uh, seminar uh, with believers uh, helps put the straight edge, the ruler, um, for people to measure things against. Uh, because of social media, um, wrong lifestyles of people that they will meet 
uh, in the community and sometimes even in the church. This will give them an opportunity to um, understand what is the biblical way, what uh, is Christ calling us to do. And then they have a choice and they uh, can make their move from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that uh, uh, for believers in particular, transition seminars can be helpful and that they uh, sort of gain a sense of camaraderie amongst other believers and um, kind of begin to uh, begin to formulate thoughts on what is uh, what is how they're meant to live their lives in this new context. Well said. And it's not legalism. And it's not a yeah. set of rules. Yeah. And it's not, you've got to look a certain way. There's tremendous freedom mm. in this transition. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and freedom in how we go forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And now, if I can, um, uh, one of the biggest complaints I get from uh, TCKs either in or after a transition seminar, is that a transition seminar is a microcosm of the TCK's biggest problem in life, which is transience of relationships. And they go, okay, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, you know, my childhood home, the place where I grew up, or the place where I've spent the last, you know, significant formative years of my life. I'm leaving all those relationships behind, and I'm going to you know, my parents' home country, for example, or I'm going to, uh, going to study, study in you know, North America, and um, I'm going to have to develop new relationships. But in between arriving and leaving, I have to go to this two-week transition seminar where I'm going to make and discard relationships. And that hurts so bad. Why would you put me through that? Uh, how, would you, how would you respond um, to that objection? Um, Donna, do you have any thoughts? Well, okay, I have a question. Do you hear that before they go to one or after they've been to one? Some you usually I hear it right in the middle. Like right when they're right when they're right in when they're in that happy spot of, hey, these are really cool people. I'm actually really enjoying myself. Oh wait, the transition seminar is half over and pretty soon I'm gonna have to say goodbye and leave. So We we do um two weeks and we kinda do that deliberately for that reason because some of them, they've been to all these things where you go like even to a camp or something like that at some point on the field. But you go and Monday and you make all these new friends and Friday, boom, you're gone. When we stay for two weeks, they develop them into longer term relationships. I mean, I'm watching them on Facebook. Every group, every year we make a new Facebook group with, you know, a private group and, um, but even beyond that, it's just fun to watch them keep in touch with each other. So the relationships they build, they do actually hang on to. We tell them that during college, college friends are the ones that actually stick with you through life. High school friends are precious, and you do a lot of stupid things with them when you're in high school. That's <laughs> what high school is about. But college is a completely different life. And part of it is that what I mentioned earlier about being separated from your family and now you're on your own. There's so much more freedom to be yourself, to discover yourself and who you are and, and choosing friends that are not going to get mom and dad approval right on the first day. You know, you're going to have a chance to build relationships. And so it's like um, it's kind of a laboratory of life is what I call it. 
mm. in the sense of learning how to do things, try out all these little experiments, and then go from there. And part of it is learning the idea that I can make friends with Americans or other Canadians, like in Paul's situation. Like, it's okay. I give them permission to like it here. Mm. I give them, it's not going to betray your country by giving that up. You know, you're not giving up your country by making friends here. It's mm -hmm. okay to like an American. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll find out they're actually pretty cool. So I like to have people on staff, like a youth pastor or a teacher, somebody who is to realize you could go to college and your soccer coach could end up being a really great influence in your life or in the church as you get involved in church. There could be other people. Yeah, they don't have the same life you've had. That doesn't mean they can't reach out and understand you the best they can and you can still develop a good relationship with them. So there's a, I think it's important for them. It's a, it's an important time frame because it gives you that opportunity to practice building relationships with someone you never normally might have reached out to. And then to say, okay, now when I get to this more permanent setting of college, um, there's a, a place here now I can actually reach out to my roommate or the guy down the hall or, you know, somebody in intramural sport or whatever I get involved in that I can do these things. I don't have to be surrounded by other TCKs all the time. I can reach out beyond my cultural understanding. Thing is, they've been doing it all their lives. It's just that this particular transition is is scary. It's got a different look to it than the ones they've had. And so sometimes I'm like, you're good at entering a new country and learning how to live there and learning how to figure out currency and all the cultural things. Do the same thing here. You can do it, you know. So mm -hmm. that's kind of, I feel like, an important piece of it for them to learn. Yeah. I like that you called it a laboratory for life. Um, and you make a good point that um, it's a good practice session on uh, the relationships that they're about to build. Um, they're about to get thrown into college or work or whatever and have to uh, quickly formulate new relationships or define themselves in that context. And so a transition seminar can be a good uh, practice round on making relationships in places that you would not have um, anticipated. I love that relationships are lifelong. And uh, uh, one of the things we know about uh, third culture kids are that they are mobile. Uh, not always, but many are. And so you now have a call a friend in various cities across the continent. And uh, you know it's only a matter of time before it's various cities around the world. And so I encourage them just to keep in touch. And uh, when I'm in their town, I'll call them up. And uh, uh, it's it's like reunion time. So uh, we actually don't lose friends. We, we grow and build friendships. Mm -hmm. Stephen, I think too that um there is a there's a normal part of that process where we're, we're all pain avoidant and when we think ahead to impending pain right we you know be, be abnormal i think to say oh oh good you know i've made some good friends i have to leave again so i, I think just to to affirm you know the, the process that it is um and to name it that it is it is painful to leave again but the things that uh, that the others are saying is is also true. It creates um, 
there is a sense of network. There's a there's a sense of created of of camaraderie in oh hey we're doing this together and even the some of the ones um, we, we find uh, for instance the folks who are going into a, a gap time or a, a bridge year or bridge semester um, they sometimes feel isolated and and alone. We we also have younger kids come and so some of them are uh, in the U.S. or Canada for a year and then heading you know um, back out overseas or they're in for three months or six months. Um, it helps them, I, I find it helps them to know, oh, you're in the same boat as I am. Um, you've experienced this, you know, you're experiencing this as well. And um, it does create a, a network. Actually, some have found that they're going to the same university together. And so um, it, it gives them, you know, a head start. Um, I think, too, in this idea of new relationships, I would, I would definitely agree that the practice lab um, how do Americans make friends? How how do we tend to do it as TCKs? Sometimes we don't know even we don't know what we know until we step back and look at it from the outside. And say, oh, that's what we do. And there are a lot of uh, forehead slapping moments <laughs> where um, you'd say, okay, this is how I, I you know I, I walk through this this process. So to even to look at the process of you know arriving, meeting, you know forming relationships and leaving again. Can be very in, instructive, and, and again, we don't we don't minimize that, that it's you know that it's painful or or ignore that fact. We also equip them for how do you do this well, and and you know how do you leave here with no regrets um, to deal with things? Is that you know the typical rafting process, which I think we've talked about before. Uh, the last thing I had to say about the new relationships is sometimes, um, sometimes. Folks have grown up in a, in a bit of a bubble um, before they leave. And uh, although our um, seminar weeks are are shorter than um, than Donna's, they're the, the six six and a half day. Um, they're they're mixing with kids in mission and um, business and you know mm. diplomatic corps. And sometimes the just the it's almost like a next step before jumping into a, a very different. Um, milieu, they have a chance to bounce some of their ideas, some of their conceptions, um, <laughs> they find even some of their prejudgments. And so, again, you know, it is a, it's, it's an intermediary step that really does wind up being helpful, even though, to go back to your original point, um, there's, there's some pain of separating again. Mm -hmm. I've had some who stand at the door on the very first day, I mean, like in the doorway and not come in with their arms folded in front of them, like, I'm not doing this, you know. And I, I kind of jokingly tell people that all you really have to do is get out a soccer ball and then they're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's often very true that within, I watch it sometimes within the first 24 hours that yeah. They're in with the group. They've made a couple of friends. They're glad they're here. They're involved. And I've watched it happen. And it's kind of fun. I kind of chuckle sometimes, you know. But to, to watch that happen very quickly. And I've had groups by the time we're into the second day, the whole group is completely bonding. Even 30 or 40 of them in a, you know, big-sized group. It's really amazing mm -hmm. to me. And I love that. I love watching it happen. And, and then continuing to grow. So I think they, 
I'm grateful that they're adventurous enough to give it a shot. Because I feel like all I need to do is get you here. And at the end, they're always saying, can we like stay for two more weeks? You know, right. <laughs> I don't think I have any staff that could last that long, you know, but, but they, they, they want more, you know, and I think it gives them encouragement then to make the next step and say, you know, I can, I can do this. This is fun. Even for a short amount of time, it's still worth it in the end for the friendships that you make. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, Michael, when you were, Michael, when you were talking about, um, uh, when you were talking, I, I was just reminded of my one snowboarding experience. I went up to actually it was another TCK retreat in, I want to say it was in Michigan at the time. And I got to snowboard for the first time in my life. I was 18 years old. And I had this instructor who came out with me to the bunny hill, whatever it was, and started going down the hills. And I asked him how long he'd been snowboarding. And he said he was like a competitive snowboarder or something. And I asked him why he was, uh, why he was teaching people on the bunny hill. And he said the more he focused on the basic technique, um, the better his, the better his form became. Um, and I think that's true for, um, relationship building as well. Right. Um, oh, now I remember what it was. You're talking about, you know, we don't know what we know until we step back and look at it. And that moment yeah. has been so true for me, even helping out leading transition seminars. I listen to other speakers share about how we build relationships and how we engage in conversation with people. Um, and it's very too, I've learned a lot about my own experience and been able to change my own behavior with other people. And it's helped me to build uh, more normal looking relationships with non-TCKs. So, Right. I think that place of safety, because um, that, that's one of the big concerns of, you know, of ours. And I see that in, in others' um, seminars as well. But to create, to create a safe place where you can uh, come to the, some of those realizations and you can, you know, slap your forehead and everyone around you is also nodding or, you know, wiping their eyes or blowing their nose or whatever it is, um, you know, because they're, because it's a shared experience. And I, I think that is incredibly valuable, um, to have, to have, uh, that space to, again, question, experiment, um, try out ideas, you know, get some of those insights, um, with, with others who also understand you don't have to explain it they get it already mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that goes back to what donna was saying about how easy it is for tck's in um in that intense uh community to bond quickly and to uh get comfortable with each other uh, comfortable enough to feel that it is a safe place um where they can where, where they can admit their naivety or um, something that's a learning moment for them or something like that yeah Next question for you guys. Um, what, when kids come through a transition seminar, reentry seminar, um, what is your, what is one of your primary objectives or one of the big takeaways that you want them to leave that transition seminar with? Michael, do you have, uh, do you have something for us? The first thing that came to mind, Stephen, was hope. <laughs> mm. uh, I, you know, I, I want them to walk out with a, a sense that, um, there is there is life ahead. There's good life ahead. Um, the challenges are not insurmountable. Others have gone ahead of them. Others are traveling with them. <laughs> there are many that will that will come behind them. Um, you know the the hopefulness that they can can face some of those. You know they can face those challenges, and uh, they have a support network. They have people who understand. Um, that they will come to a place where they can reach their hand back you know, to the next ones 
uh, you know, coming through. And I, I think that's really important too in, um, you know, one of our, you, you nailed it with that question earlier, but one of, one of the biggest struggles that we have is, is that one of what do we do with our, our pain and the losses? And, um, as we, you know, give space in the transition seminars too, to, to stop, to, pro- to, to look at, to acknowledge, to name and to process some of those losses there. Um, in a week or two weeks, we can't possibly work through all of the things necessarily that someone is, has been carrying. But to um, give that experience that, oh, I did, I did do this with people who understand and we, and we face these things together and, um, and I can do it. It's not, uh, it's, it's not deadly. It's not crippling. As a matter of fact, it's actually really life giving. And so, um, for them to move into those, those next, uh, steps, the, um, the next relationships and, and, you know, with a sense of, of hopefulness at their, um, impending success, um, and that they, you know, that they have the strength of the journey. That's, that's a really big part. I think the, uh, the experience that I had personally will illustrate what I'm about to say, but I'll tell you that first. I had never been to a, a transition seminar until I was 57 and I was in charge of running it. <laughs> and um, uh, what the Lord did for me at that seminar and ensuing seminars is helped me understand more about who I was. And uh, once I understand who I am, then uh, identity just strengthens uh, confidence, not so much in myself, but just a joy and happiness of being in my own skin. And uh, the competitiveness uh, drops. Uh, I'm more relaxed. I'm more willing to give what I've got and not worry that I can, I'm not able to bring it all. And uh, in identity, I'm starting to understand that this is not a solo performance, that we are together in team, and that we are walking through life arm in arm. And so uh, that dealt with a lot of fear for me. And uh, even though we, I had learned to deal with much of my fear and uh, competitiveness, it was there um, until this clarification of identity from my uh, past experiences. That really helped. And so that that's one of the major takeaways that I pray for each uh, TCK, that uh, they will understand more about who they are. They're an original. Mm-hmm. And uh, Galatians 5. And uh, they... They don't have to meet anybody else's standards and there's no secret handshake that they've got to learn. They are who they are and uh, the, the confidence to walk forward. And, but it's not a false bravado or a, uh, an inflated confidence. Arrogance and false confidence so much speak to fear within us. Whereas that quiet confidence that the Lord brings uh, as he unpacks just who we are in him is just such a huge gift. And uh, uh, Reboot here in Canada is seven nights and seven days. So as you've said already, we're not able to 
cover it all and unpack it all. But it gives a, a solid foundation and an awesome discussion point uh, when we connect next. Uh, and even for them to ask me about my identity. So it's not just one-way mentorship. It's, it's two-way. And it gives us that opportunity to continue to walk arm in arm together. I was going to say, I love both of what Michael and Paul just said. I'm glad you're recording it. This is great. Um, I, I think I agree completely with all of that and what they said. I've often kind of summarized it into a line that I want them to go away knowing Jesus better than they did when they came. Hmm. That, yes, there's lots of things, but even in two weeks, I can't cover it all either. So there is so much. It's, it's, it is that laboratory picture. But the idea that you're at both identity, um, the grief and loss issue is so huge. And, and we can, in all of these things, we can say you are not alone. And part of the picture I want to make sure they get is the, when I say that, it's not that you're going to find community where you go, you will. It's not that you'll find other guarantee that you'll find other TCKs wherever you go, though you probably will. It's that Jesus is with you everywhere. And to learn how, what faith is really about. And I think that when you grow up in a, especially a ministry family, where it's kind of been part of your your parents' job is to listen to God and to follow him and learn how to obey and, and to study your Bible and, you know, all those things. It's weird when it's part of the job and you kind of go away with missing the personal part. It's easy. I grew up in a pastor's home. I know what that's like. So there's a sense in which to learn how to now personalize your faith and make it your own. I'm not going to get through life if I'm depending on my parents' faith. My parents are missionaries, man. You know, like, wow, this is great. And that's going to get me a bigger ticket to whatever I think is next in life or the next life in that sense. And so I never assume that all of them are believers. I think it's entirely possible to grow up in a ministry home like that and still not ever get the real point. And so I, that is a, a top thing for me and and an understanding of your own relationship with Christ and what it can and could and should and will be if we learn those lessons young. And so, yes, there's all these other TCK-oriented things that are very important, and I'm glad we cover them and we celebrate that life and we give them Hope for the future. I love that you said that, Michael. That's perfect. That idea of, I was thinking of the word confidence too. Confidence to move forward with the next things in life. I can make friends this college or university where I land. I can do this. But it's not just me. I'm always going to have Jesus by my side. I always want him right there. I want him leading and guiding every step of my life. And, and I think. A lot of them, I'm encouraged that so many of them come with that heart already, and I'm grateful for that. But that doesn't mean there's not always room for us to continue to grow, to learn how to hand off things. A lot of MKs carry a lot of baggage, and it's baggage I need to learn to turn over to the Lord um, and allow him to do healing in my heart and in my mind 
um, so that I can move forward with that hope and confidence. So that's kind of how I, you know, I don't know, summed it all up. But I think the three of us actually hit hit the nail on the head there with all. Uh, there's a picture that we took during uh, during Wilderness Reboot of um, seven TCKs uh, arm in arm going across a river, a, a, a fast going river, and they needed mm -hmm. to be arm in arm. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that's a picture actually I, I love, and I think that that kind of illustrates a bit of what we're um, wanting to impart to those that we uh, support through our transition treats. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to underline what I heard from, from Donna too, in that, um, to, to send them on with, with the hope of even their, and the excitement about a, a deepening relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Um, that, that as they move out on their own, they're testing some of those things that they built over the, the years. And, and complete agreement that when, uh, when we receive, um, kids into the program who do not have a relationship or are questioning their relationship, um, we feel it's just it's just an honor to to live out the relationship with Christ that we have to invite them to welcome them to point them back to the promises of God um, and His faithfulness and fulfilling. And I think that um, you know that creates maybe to double up on that image. You know that also that that rope across the river as well that, that they can keep following when they're not you know linked necessarily as close with the group. But it's um, yeah yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate those those images. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then we are running down on time, but I just wanted to ask, um, what is one thing that you would like someone to hear, perhaps the most important thing um, that we've covered today on this interview that someone should uh, someone should really pay attention to when listening to this podcast? I, I think one of the things about the transition seminars and the audience, in a sense, if you will, I really want to speak to parents and say, just do it. Um, I think there's potential of it being even a, I don't know, I hate to say it this way, but a prideful kind of thing that, oh, my kid's not going to struggle, you know. And I think it's not about the struggle or not struggle. It's about, it's and it's not just about the transition, this particular transition from moving into college or gap year or whatever is next. Like, I just want to, I want to give him whatever he's going to need to get to through to Christmas. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about whole life. Yeah. What's ahead of you, a hope and a future like Jeremiah talks about. And I want to say to parents, this is an investment that of two weeks or one week or however much money we're talking about. This is an investment in the rest of their lives. Yes. Your parents, you've invested so much in them already, and you're going to do everything you can to get them ready. You're going to take them to the dentist. You're going to take them to the doctor. Why would you not invest in something that addresses their emotional and spiritual life? Um, understanding the past, what they've been through, difficulties or not, even if they've had a wonderful experience, it's great. Let's celebrate it. It's still going to be different from the future. And let's help you figure out how that transition is going to work. So I'm just saying to parents, just do it. If your kids are hesitant, say, please just do this for me because I think it's important. 
And so I guess I guess the piece I want them to hear is we invest a lot in this as well. And it's not just our efforts we're worried about. The idea is that we really care too about your kids. And we want you to be confident that they're doing okay while you're still living on another continent. And your kids are going to be okay. They're going to grow into adult life. So I guess my line would be just do it. Hashtag just do it. As you start to talk, Donna, I was writing the word invest in yourself. And so I echo what you just said. And I know that we're talking about TCKs. But uh, one of the things that I've experienced with families repatriating to Canada is that it's very difficult for them to invest in themselves, particularly the dad and the mom, and often the single missionary. And it's true for TCKs. Rather than just jumping ahead to what we think the most important next thing is, gap year studies, finding a house, um, buying a car, getting my license, all important things. But investing in yourself like this will help unpack and deal with things that you won't take time for later. This is the time to do it. And by doing it now, you will see the need to continue to do that because it will become a lifestyle more in investing in yourself. And of course, that's true with spending time with the Lord every morning and eating healthy and exercising and some of the real important basic life skills that we sometimes just ignore because we're too busy for something else that's quote more important. I, I wrote down a couple of things as well. Uh, one of them is that um, that the impact, the positive impact, is is proven um, through years and years of, of testimony yes. um, coming back. Um, literally, you know, 20 years later, people meeting me on Facebook and saying, "Remember that summer that I was, you know, at Harvey Cedars Transition Seminar in the 80s? Um, that made such an impact on my life." And I didn't even realize it till later. Um, there is some research out there uh, that has it encouraged a lot of us who are doing the work um, that that says that that transition seminar has been linked to as the most the most impactful um, and important uh, factor in TCKs moving into university and um, and having a, a positive transition there. So. It has that track record. I love parents to, to hear that. Um, I, I totally agree in the, the idea of uh, investing um, in self. And that there was the other thing I wrote down that uh, self care is not selfish. And, and sometimes our, our, our kids don't know that this is a way of caring, you know, for them. We, we do ask, um, uh, or, or we, we state when we open up that, you know, there, you don't have to raise your hand, but many of you, you know, came not wanting to. We understand that, you know, but if you'll open, you know, your mind and heart in the time, you know, and then give us the feedback. And I will tell you, uh, the years and years of doing this, I have, I have not heard anyone, particularly the ones who came saying that I was, yeah, they made me, my parents made me come, yeah. um, say that they regretted it, that there was, yeah, there was always positive takeaway. Good. Well, that this has been so powerful, and um, everything that you guys are saying about transition seminars really resonates with me. 
as someone who um, has been at a couple of the different transition seminars out there. Um, as a leader, I, like you, Paul, I didn't go when I transitioned. I only went afterwards, but um, I definitely uh, it definitely resonates with me as very true and very very just spot on. So thank you all for taking the time out of your day to um, share with me on this on this important topic and uh, hoping and praying that it goes out to the right people and that um, we can all work together to, um, like you say, set up your set up our children um, and TCKs, set up yourself for success, self-care, investing in yourself, moving forward with hope and courage. So, yeah, thank you, guys. You're welcome. Thank you. This was just a thrill. You've been listening to TCK Care, the podcast with me, Stephen Black, as we share stories and strategies for supporting TCKs. Hosting and producing TCK Care, the podcast is a part of my ministry, which is made possible by the generous support of my financial partners. If you would like to make a one-time or recurring pledge, please go to tckcare.com slash give. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, rate it on your favorite podcast app, and stay tuned for more TCK Care coming up next week.